This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, we found a grimoire. It must have been lost the second time. Cue the music! Welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always is the people who I love the most, my bros, and I'm going to call them the Destructo Bros now because that is not copyrighted by WWE. (laughs) So, the Destructo Bros themselves. Yo, what's up? It's Nate, y'all. What's up? It's Willie of the Destruct Bros. Just kind of trimming it down. (laughs) Yeah, I, I named a, a, the, one of the songs on my albums after you guys. I think the Destructo Bros. So I was like, yeah, I'll just I'll use that. Nice. Because I was watching something last night and they were talking about WWE trademarks and they mentioned Brothers of Destruction. And I went, oh, oh, OK. Yeah, I'd like to not get in trouble for that, even though we're not nearly big enough to get in trouble for it. I'd still like to not take that chance. <laughs> yeah, they're not quite at the Disney level, but I still don't want to mess with the WWE. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um We'll get to WWE in a second because I have things to say. Uh, but gentlemen, how are you this week? Uh, you know, it's been kind of a rough one. Unfortunately, my dog, one of my dogs, died last night, so I took the day off work and put her in the ground, which was sad. But you know, I feel good because I feel like she's probably not in pain anymore. So I take solace in that because she was old and kind of miserable. But you know, it's still sad. But that's yeah. part of life. Yeah, and I always try to remember, like, you know, when a pet goes, it's like, you know, you gave them their, their best life that they could have had. So, yeah. like, that's all you can do is just give them the best life they can. So, cool. Thoughts to you, my brother. Thanks, brother. She was a really good dog. I've met her a few times, and every time, like, just really sweet. Yeah. Really sweet. Luckily, my other dog, she's doing good, and she doesn't seem to be too broken up. <laughs> I think, you know, it was kind of rough in the last few months of lucy's life but zona seems to be doing all right now so i'm just gonna make sure she's doing good and go from there yeah well that's that's what's up man what about you willie how you doing bud i mean i guess we're talking about taking care of ourselves and real shit like that um i found myself uh in a i've got an appointment with a mental health counselor coming up in a couple days or a couple weeks actually uh so you know that's been good it's been something i'd kind of lapsed on for a while and really needed to get attention paid to again so um kind of looking forward to it a lot of the advancements in the last few years of medicine you know the telehealth and all that has actually made it a lot more convenient too like they you know they've suspended copay they've um got online things so the nearest office of this place is 25 minutes away from me and instead i can just do it from the privacy of my own home and uh you know hopefully that'll work out well for me you know i've got i've dealt really had really big problems with uh panic attacks generalized anxiety disorder adhd and general depression over my years so i'm really hoping that we can start building you know something new and i can i don't know start getting those especially panic attack symptoms dealt with so i can kind of you know get more things done on my day-to-day instead of losing days to panic attacks and then losing weeks to freaking out that i lost days for sure man i uh i really thought that it was cool like when covid started that like the initiative uh i think it was called better help better help or better health one of the two it's it was a completely online therapy thing for people who were having issues finding like therapy and things like that so more more power to them man like i think that's that's a cool thing for them to do you know because mental health is important like i've been through it believe me i deal with it all the time um i'm i'm not very vocal about it you know what i mean because i tend to like harbor a bunch of shit (laughs) i know that's not healthy but i do tend to just like hold it in but uh i know how it goes man so i hope that that works out for you and things start uh on the up and up thanks man yeah i appreciate that you know just we'll see what happens you know but uh I have a good feeling about that. I'm taking a good step back onto the right path. You, you saying, you know, there, dude. So <laughs> I was watching an interview last night with the undertaker. Oh, I guess it was Mark Calloway. Um, but you know, he is the undertaker, but he was talking like about his career and stuff. And if you would have taken a shot every time undertaker said, oh, you know, 
you would have been dead 20 minutes in. <laughs> like, that man says, you know, as much as Jeff Jarrett says, you know, and that's a lot, dude. <laughs> it just, it cracked me up. But I, I get it, though, because, like, those those older guys are probably, like, when they're talking, like, in their head, they're, like, battling, well, should I should I be talking about this, or should I keep kayfabe, like, even though kayfabe's dead, you know, it's like they're, like, the last of the Mohicans in a sense of that, you know, era, and it's, it's funny, like, seeing him conflict with himself, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll talk about, oh, you know, and he'll start talking about it. It just cracks me up. Um, so, I downloaded this week uh actually yesterday uh i've been waiting patiently wwe 2k22 came out and uh 2k20 was horrendous it, it was fun don't get me wrong i still put in like 200 hours into it but the game crashed all the time right and so far in 2k22 um it's crashed once on me but i feel like it was my fault because i was like doing a bunch of things at once and i think it just slowed up and crashed like my computer not the game itself um but so far the engine is fantastic like the fighting feels good the camera angle took me a little bit to get used to because it's not the camera angle from the older games but it they've added a bunch of like combos and types of stuff that you can do um which really expands your move repertoire or as you know in the old games you'd have like you know your medium grapples your strong grapples mm-hmm. your punches your kicks yada yeah. yada now now you have your yep, punches yeah, yeah. and kicks but they can lead into moves they can lead you know so you have a a combo huh. ender so you have a move for each of the combo enders then you have your grabs then you have your you know your light and heavy grabs and stuff and it, there's just a lot actually. a lot more to it yep that sounds really yeah. cool. Like I'm, I'm picturing like combos like, from Guacamelee now. We do punch, punch, punch. That combo. was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not far off. You know what I mean? Like because the way okay, so X on this is an Xbox controller that I'm talking about. So like X, which I guess would be square on a PlayStation controller, uh, is your light attack. A or X on um, whatever controller you're using. A is the uh, heavy attack, and then B is your grab. Okay, that feels comfortable. And then like. Yeah. So you might do that. Actually, seems like really sensible. You know, X X A B, and your your guy will be like punch, punch, stronger punch, and then he'll grab him and go into a move or whatever. It's 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 really quite quite fun. Um, that actually sounds surprisingly intuitive. Some of the things like okay, so the entrance creator I feel like got dumbed down a little bit because in the older games you could really do a. a a custom entrance where like you could put together different superstar stuff and do pyro and all of that and so far yeah. now i do want to clarify the game's not technically out yet like this is early access so there may be things that get patched in post release um wait so is this like an early beta no then, no no, no. it's because i pre-ordered it i got three days of early access before it drops gotcha okay. so you know there might be a day one patch based on early access you know the three days early access that kind of thing just little little things um but as far as the entrances go like the music sounds really good like this this the whole sound because i've i've been playing in my headphones and when you're coming out it actually sounds like your music is playing in an arena and like that there's a an actual crowd there reactive you know what i mean um that's an especially nice uh counterpoint to the last couple of years of pro wrestling where we've had to deal with like the wwe thunderdome where they had the you know virtual fans yeah, and the uh, game. aew running their shows in like a tiny like casino in nevada and all that the thunderdome is in the game as an arena that you can choose oh really yeah. which huh. i thought was neat um i do appreciate that they have the up up down down title in the game as well as the left right left right title from <laughs> austin creed's youtube channel i think that's really cool uh, shout out to Up Up Down Down too. You showed me some uh, video from their channel, and like they really like highlighted some of the cool like features. That, like I feel like the, the 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 rendering of materials and characters' uniforms looks a lot cooler this version. Yep. Like if a guy wears leather, it looks like leather. If a guy wears spandex, it looks like spandex. If a guy wears like you know kind of a plastic or rubber, like they I think they did a really good job with the rendering. Yeah, they 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 redesigned their entire engine. And so far, it just it looks and feels really, really good. Um, there's a bunch of legends in the game. Uh, for my GM mode, I just con- contracted uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin for about I think five weeks, maybe it was ten weeks. Nice. You know, um, 
and th- there's different modes. So like GM mode is something that I loved back in the day. And that's where like you are the GM, you run the show, you're in charge of booking the matches. You want your matches to get the highest star rating so you could be the top brand, yada, yada, yada. It's just like a business. So is it like, are you like competing like SmackDown versus Raw? Is that basically yeah, it? Yeah, so you can, you can choose your uh, brand that you want to do. So you have uh, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, or NXT UK. Okay. Right? Oh, cool. So NXT UK actually gets some representation yeah. by it. So that, that's actually kind and of awesome. And then you can choose. So 205, 205 Live doesn't exist anymore. No, 205 Live's gone. They all got merged into NXT. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, that makes um, sense. I mean, the show was not really getting any views. You can you can choose your general manager. Now you get like, I think it's like Adam Pierce, Sonia Deville, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, or William Regal, or your create, you can create a superstar. So I created one, right? Um, although <laughs> I'm really interested in doing a creating you and Nate and making you guys opposing GMs and see who does better. And just be awesome. you should definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I think no. that would be really fun. Um, because I, I, oh shit, the character creators. Uh, I won't say it's in depth, but like I was, it's you're easy. It's easier to make people look like real people in it that I've like that I've noticed. So I want to create some of my friends and then get them in there and see how they do in the ring. Hell yeah, <laughs> man! All your wrestling talk that makes me want to pick up a wrestling game. I know we kind of talked about it off air a little bit, but Fire Pro seems like the way to go for me with kind of the more arcadey feeling. Like I would love to kind of dive into that. I'm looking forward to that on a Steam sale. Hopefully, it comes up soon. Yeah, and Fire Pro Two, I think, will like suit your taste for games because it's like it kind of has a simulation gameplay. Like it, the kayfabe in the game is strong. Like you're working and uh, you're working a limb. You're like doing damage. Like it's it's got a very internal self logic to it that makes a lot of well, sense. I remember yeah. we had that Fire Pro Wrestling game for the uh, Game Boy Advance. For the Game Boy fantastic. Advance, yeah, I loved that game. Like that was the best wrestling game I had that wasn't on the Nintendo sixty four. You know, <laughs> yeah. I fully agree. Fully and agreed. I think that with Fire Pro, like, I know you're not super up on, like, newer rosters and stuff. So, like, the way Fire Pro works is people make wrestlers and you can download. I mean, WWE 2K is the same way, but uh, this is through the Steam Workshop. Yeah, hell yeah. And and you can go into the Workshop and find a, uh, a compilation, I think it's called, of, say, WCW wrestlers from 95 to 99 or something like that. Yeah. And I will totally and you can do download. that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have that whole roster of dudes, and then you can just work from there with those guys. Yeah, I'm gonna have like Harlem yeah. Heat fighting the NWO. <laughs> Let's go. There you go. There you go. Old school. I, uh, in my Fire Pro, uh, my Fire Promoter, I did Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Hulk Hogan, and they got a hundred percent five star rating. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> Dave Meltzer would never give anything. Five star yeah. match. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been really fun. Like, I I'm really into the booking style stuff you know what i mean but i also like to visualize it so while i do enjoy total extreme wrestling like it's all text-based and it's like i like to kind of visualize what's Mm -hmm. going on uh which is why i really i really do enjoy fire pro wrestling uh fire pro wrestling world and specifically is the one that i have uh i think there's there's one that grim bought me too that is very arcadey uh retro mania wrestling which is more of like uh it's an indie game but they had some cool stuff in it. So, like, there's wrestlers. There's, like, Colt Cabana, uh, Jeff Cobb. Nice. Um, Tommy Dreamer, the Road Warriors, uh, the Blue Meanie, and then some indie guys that I don't particularly remember their names. I apologize to them. Yeah. Yeah, and I was looking at that one, too, when you were originally talking about, like, Retro Mania and Fire Pro are about the same price. So, like, and for some reason, Fire Pro is just one hollering out to me a little bit stronger at the moment. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the two of them, I think Fire Pro is the better game. Retro Mania r- really just catered to me with one of the levels that you can play in. You pl- you like you wrestle at a con. Nice. <laughs> so around the ring, like I can see Conrad Thompson, who's the the podcast host of like the wrestling podcasts that I listen to. Um, and then on the other, like wow. over here, like there's John Riggs and Johnny Millennium, uh, Happy Console Gamer, John Riggs, and then. Uh, other guys that I watch on YouTube that are just at the con sitting there watching. That's cool. I'm like, that's so cool. Is metal, is metal Jesus? You know what I mean? Like the whole Metal Jesus crew. I'm like, fuck, that's cool. <laughs> nice. So, like, literally, that's the that's the part about Retro Mania wrestling that made me pop, and it was it was pretty fun. But again, I'm more into the simulation style of wrestling as opposed to the arcadey punch, punch, kick, maybe do a move type thing. Yeah. 
That's just me, though. Speak- but like I said, for you, though, Fire Pro. Yeah. 100%. Rock, rock, rocking. So, like, this is kind of tertiarily related to wrestling. But, like, uh, our buddy Nando was talking in the Tadpog Discord. Shout out to Tadpog. About uh, Pokemon. Because he was looking for some in Shield and Sword that he doesn't have yet. So, like, I decided, you know, I'm going to log into um, Shield and do some, like, surprise trades where you can just randomly trade any Pokemon for yours for a random Pokemon for somebody else. So, like, I went ahead and started farming a bunch of Machokes. Because if you trade because <laughs> if you trade a Machoke, it evolves into a Machamp. So, in my brain, I'm building up good karma by giving a bunch of people Machamps. Nice. <laughs> but I've been naming all of them. So, so far, I've traded off... Austin 316, Goldberg, Elizabeth, China. Yes! yes. <laughs> this is great! Keep yeah, going keep with this! I, actually... I was having a lot of fun just catching Machamps, because I'm using a ghost type against them so they can't even hurt me. It's like I'm grinding my ghost type Pokemon up while catching all these <laughs> Machokes. <laughs> who, who is Machamp? That's what we'll find out this Super Slam! <laughs> <laughs> When I look at Machamp these days, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Brock Lesnar with extra arms. <laughs> but at least <laughs> he does not he need that have help. a giant dick tattoo down his chest. That's true. That's true. You, you give and you take. I think you can equip him with that item, but I don't know what it's called. I believe that would be my chicken choke. <laughs> I think that's Rockstone. <laughs> Rockstone. Some kind of rock, Rockstone. I'll tell you that much. Or some... um, <laughs> you can't stop the rock. I always really liked Machoke and Machamp, and it's probably because I was a wrestling fan. Yeah, like they so were got the title belt shirt. on, and they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I love Incineroar now, too, because he's totally like the best like, pro oh, yeah. wrestling heel Pokemon ever. Yeah. Absolutely. I was so cold on Incineroar being announced for Smash until I played as him one time and was like, oh, my side throw is a German suplex. My guy mugs and poses to the camera every time he hits anyone with any move. <laughs> like, I went from, what the hell was Incineroar to? I have a new favorite Pokemon. <laughs> Incineroar's dope, dude. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Pokemon, uh, I know I talked about this with James on the JRPG report, but I haven't gotten y'all's uh, opinions on it. Scarlet and Violet got announced. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about that yet, That's have right. we? No. Shit, I don't, I don't think when so. I, no. When I watched that trailer, I was assuming it was going to be like a another spinoff game, you know? And It seems a little soon, doesn't it? When it revealed to be the, the next generation, I was like, wow. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what to think about it yet. It looks like from the trailer, they added a bunch of textures to the Pokemon models, which... If you looked at like Surviper and I think it was Magnemite in the trailer, they looked fantastic. I'm like, I'm hoping that that comes to fruition with more textures on the more Pokemon. And that's a criticism that Pokemon's been getting a lot recently is reusing assets from previous games. And while I think that's a whack-ass criticism, I'm still kind of glad they are really going like, no, we're going hard on rendering these guys, yeah. making them look cool. So I'm excited to see some more of the Pokemon and more of what they're going to include in this generation because it seems like it's going to be based on Spain this time, like a, a region based on Spain. Nice. And I am so in love with the fire starter, Fuecoco. <laughs> Yeah, because he's like a little ghost pepper, and he's adorable. He reminds me of Totodile and like um, uh, Gaba. Wait, what's it called? Gabite? No, Gabite's the second evolution. Crap. The the little guy Garchomp, little dude. Yeah, the, the baby Garchomp, the basically. Baby he Garchomp, reminds me of those yeah. two guys. How they're just have like they're they like have one brain shell to one brain cell to share between all of them, and I love that design <laughs> in Pokemon. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I saw a meme too that showed Score Bunny and Flicoco, and it was like, dude, who keeps throwing craft singles on Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the grass starter is a cute little grass Pokemon. Like, the one thing I hope they don't do in this generation that they've done a lot of is turn their cute little Pokemon on four legs to some furry on two legs that people draw too much porn of. So I'm hoping they let the little cute yeah. grass Pokemon cat, the little weed cat, just let him be a little weed cat. Maybe a bigger weed cat when he evolves. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Please, Marigato. I've seen because it's called <laughs> Marigato because it's this name is Sprigatito, and I've already seen memes of people doing Sprigatito, like Despacito. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the little duck too. He looks like he's got some swagger to him. Yeah, I think he's like what people are saying. I think they're going to be based on Don Quixote for him. 
Oh nice. shit! That's yeah, cool. so like I think they're doing a good job. I'm 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 big on so the three like stars. Quacko Poncho. <laughs> yeah, I'm big on Hell the three yeah. starters. Just, they haven't really just, announced much other than that. Other than it's gonna be more open world as like a mainline game. So I'm gonna see. I think it's gonna be a little bit more like Sword and Shield as far as like open world. But I'm hoping it's more open than that was. Yeah. But it's not going to be like uh, Pokemon no. Legends Arceus. It's going to be can't, more. It's, I'm, yeah. I'm, I imagine it's going to have more like traditional. most of the same like um, game mechanics as like your mainline games. But just hopefully they open up the world a little bit and the models so far look good. If they continue down that line, I think they're going to have a good game on their hands again. Yeah, for sure. And anytime people like criticize Pokemon, like I get that it's a you know people have their criticism and stuff. But I, I would like to remind everyone that it is a fucking kids game at the end of the day. Like, it's a game for kids that us adults also enjoy. So, like, really, what six-year-old kid is looking at that game and being like, fuck, graphics suck. <laughs> yeah, these kids are playing Minecraft and <laughs> Roblox. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon is mind-blowing compared to Minecraft as far as visuals go. So, yeah, I, you know. And, again, uh, is it? it's not dark or seedy enough for you. You got Shin Megami Tensei. You got Persona. You got those type of games. Go play those instead. Like those. That's a wild point, though, because I didn't even think about it. But like, I think kids today, like these retro aesthetics, we grew up with them as limitations. But now it's just stylistic. Things like Minecraft and Roblox and stuff, it just looks cool. It looks video game esque. It's like when people who grew up after the invention of the cassette tape still collect mm-hmm. vinyls. You know, like it's just appreciating the medium. And I think that. Um, you know, your Pokemon could success, uh, succeed on its own level as a Pokemon game. You don't have to be like, oh, no, this is Pokemon, but it looks like, you know, 2050s vision of Call of Duty, yeah. you know? And, and like, I've seen online, too, and this is a thing that I talked about with James as well, is the, the Final Fantasy VI, the pixel remaster or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. okay, so I, I understand the, the version that I have on Steam is, like, the PC port of the mobile version of the game or whatever. And, like... I don't have that nostalgia right. with Final Fantasy VI, so when I see these sprites and stuff that are the PC version, I'm like, well, they, may, they don't look bad to me. They're a little weird and, like, washed out looking a little bit, but, I mean, that is what it is. And now the Pixel Remaster comes out, and it looks good and everything, but people are complaining about the text. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... I will say that the, I, do, I did find the narrow font a little hard to read when I put it on my alternate screen. Like, I was trying to watch Grim stream the game a while back, and I was having a little trouble reading the text. Well, so, see, like, I, But that's only because I put it on my distant screen over here. I've so. had the, the opposite experience on, on the things that I've seen is that, like, I can read it easier than I can Super Nintendo font. Because it's just, like, less, uh, I guess, grainy? I don't know. I don't know the word to use. Less pixelated looking? It's just easier on my eyes, personally. And... I might be the minority in that, but I just don't see why people have been complaining. And it's like, it goes back to, I think it's, can't, it's a more attractive font for sure. I think it's a better I think people font. just like to complain that things aren't what they yeah. have when they were a kid or they're not the shiniest, fanciest thing in the room. Like, I've seen tons of complaints about Elden Ring. I mean, and that's games like one of the most well-regarded they're, games yeah. out right now. So I'm just like, <laughs> everybody just wants to complain. Just enjoy what you enjoy and let people enjoy what they enjoy. Good God. Yeah. they there have been people that have been weird about the UI in Elden Ring, despite the fact that it's... I mean, maybe it's not despite. Maybe it's because it's basically the same UI as they've been using since Dark Souls 1, or probably since Demon Souls. I didn't play Demon Souls. But, like, it is literally crystal clear what's going on as long as you've played the game, or as long as you're paying attention to the game you're playing. I mean, you dude, know? if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that another one that I've seen people bitching about is the... I mean, do you want quest markers all over the place and make it look like a fucking, like, do you want it, I don't know, like, it, it, it just, it, it wilds me out because it's like, you, you want it to look like Skyrim with quest markers and directions and compasses all over the place because that's not the way of that game series. It's supposed to be a weird, lonely exploration through a dead world. Yeah, and nobody and it's less dead than the Dark Souls world, but it's still a yeah, weird dead world. No, you know? Nobody bitched about Ghost of Tsushima using wind and the direction of the winds, the way the leaves are blowing is the direction you're supposed to go. Like Elden Ring has a thing where when you find a new little I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a, a save point, a little like campfire if you will whatever the bonfire yeah. equivalent is called in this game yeah golden trail of stuff that like floats up and then floats off into a direction and it's like that's probably the direction that you should go for your next wherever you need to go and it's like it's not hard to figure that out but people just want things handed to them and whatever i mean 
again to each their own and i'm not gonna say like i don't think everyone should have to play this kind of game like if you don't enjoy this kind of experience in a game then don't play it but i don't think it's like objectively bad just because you don't like that kind of game like i i get that there are people that are tired of souls like games because that's become an indie a big indie thing it's like half people want to make souls like games despite not knowing what the fuck makes a souls game good and like they're not all dead cells. A lot of the games that are trying to be Souls-like are just, we're a badly explained game that punishes you for playing it badly. Yeah. So I get, pe- I get people getting tired of that. But, like, fucking, that's not what Elden Ring is. It's It looks like a really, really well-crafted game. And I haven't personally played it, but I've watched enough people play it that it's like, if you have basic sense of what's going on, you should understand the game. And what... The, probably the biggest uh, example of this that we're talking about that I've seen recently is when the Chrono Cross remaster got announced. And people were immediately mm. like, well, this doesn't look that good. I mean, you can, like, yada, yada, it doesn't look that great. I'm like, really? Because have you played the PlayStation 1 version recently? Because it looks a lot fucking better than the PlayStation 1 version. I think that you goes know? back to us, like, where we said we overestimated what we remember the PlayStation 1 looking like. Because when we were talking about Crash Bandicoot... In the yeah, Crash Bandicoot, like, yeah. We overestimate what that looked like. Because it these remakes look like to us now what they looked like to us when we were that age. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, back then, that was cutting edge. That was top of the line. You know what I mean? Unless, you know, you had a $5,000 computer or whatever. I will say I don't think they did as... And by the way, just... Sh- I just want to say shout out to the directors of both the Crash Bandicoot remakes and Quake for making those games look like the way we remembered them. Like, that was incredible artistic direction. And I will say, I don't think that Chrono Cross remake did as much as um, Crash Bandicoot did as far as updating graphics. But I might not be mis- I might be misremembering that too. But I do think the Crash remakes look way better than the Chrono uh, Cross remake. But oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the the Chrono Cross thing is a remaster. Yeah. So like not a remake, so that's cra- a big difference. Crashed. Yeah, they built it up from the ground. Like yeah, and I don't know. I just think again, I think people just really like to complain and there is a a big sect of gaming fans that will never be happy. Well, I can't argue that gamers don't like to complain because I'm on a gaming podcast and though about three-fourths of the time I have mostly good things to say about games. I feel like occasionally I just bitch the entire episode. And right now I'm bitching about other people (laughs) bitching. So you know what? Sometimes it feels good to just be, like, disagreeable. But, like, I still don't... I I have to completely reiterate, I do not think my opinions are objective in any way. I think if someone is having fun and they're having fun doing something I didn't have fun with, I'm not saying oh, you shouldn't have had fun. That that's a mistake. All I'm saying is I didn't enjoy yeah. the thing as much as that's like when y'all did. played Battleship Brigade and I did not enjoy the game like at all and y'all both liked it. Like I wasn't telling you yeah. guys you're wrong because you liked that game. It was like it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. And and that's that's my yeah. main complaint is like people can have the opinions that they want. Like I don't give a fuck. But don't tell me that like I'm an idiot because I like the game just because you don't like it. It's like, well, where the fuck do you get off? You know, like I put on. And plus, everyone has their their moment where they. It's like everyone has this movie that they'll agree is the stupidest movie they've ever seen, but it is just their popcorn film, Borat. their summer action movie where you turn your brain off. Borat. <laughs> That's for, for me. Borat. It's Borat. Couldn't. I didn't do it for me. But continue. No, I'm just saying. Like everyone has a movie that they think is like objectively bad, but they enjoyed it regardless because it's just like. It resonated with them, even though it shouldn't have done. Yeah, you know, damned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for, for sure. Well, I mean, I think Queen of the Dam has some. You could make some objective arguments for Queen of the Dam. You could say that the soundtrack was a really oh, interesting I love it. experiment. I love it, but people uh, shit on uh, that. Aaliyah movie. was a really interesting actor. I I don't know. Fucking, there's a lot of cool shit you could say about Queen of the Damned, but but yeah, most people do not think it is an objectively great yeah. movie. And like, I think that that's true of a lot of us. We have we have our not even guilty pleasure, our anti guilty pleasure, <laughs> our prideful pleasure. It's a good band name, prideful uh, pleasure. Oh shit! Yeah, it's it a is. trademark Steam Machine podcast. <laughs> TMTM. This time we're not trademarking anyone else's material. We're not doing Arceus Survival <laughs> Evolved. This one's ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh oh, guys! Dalton's oh. dying again. Oh god. 
Oh, yeah. I breathed in some spit when I laughed there. <laughs> that That's what happened to you last week, and you ended up two minutes incapacitated. <laughs> I'm all right. Oh, man. Um, well, I, I don't particularly have a, a ton more uh, to dive into this week. Uh, I do want to, uh, at the top, give a shout-out. I'll do the Patreon spiel late, later, but I don't want to forget. I'd like to give a shout-out to Sick Jake for joining the oil tier of the Patreon. Hey, so, thanks, welcome. Jake. Yeah, thanks, Jake, man. Welcome Good to, to the hear crew. From also, uh, let's jump in front of some things. One, I know that we've been talking about Final Fantasy VII's coming up. That's because we forgot that Amnesia Dark Descent won the last poll. So, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII's we still, still have a bit of a ways off. A f- yeah, full-ass long game in the queue. So, uh, that poll is going to stay alive for a little while longer. And I'm not trying to influence anyone to try to vo- uh, vote differently. Because I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy VII is going to win short of a revolution. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we've had to make some calculated jumps this month as far as our games go. Like... Obviously, this was not the yeah. game we originally intended to play today. We we, we kind of made a audible and decided to play Lost Grimoires two, um, and then next week, you know, this episode was originally yeah. going to be Control, yeah. but yeah. Then, then we decided to do this, and then next week we had it planned for a while that the hundredth episode was going to be a Serious Sam game. So Serious Sam is coming up. Then next week after that, we will be getting to the Control episode. And then we might dive into Dark Descent, or it might be a host pick. I'm not sure where we are on that right now, but we don't have to think about that for a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll deal with that when it comes. Um, I do want to say uh, the reason that we pushed Control was <clears throat> I was not expecting it to be like a long game. And I guess it's not technically a long game, but I would like to put as much time as I can to explore the world mm-hmm. because... Uh, yeah. Just quick preview. It's really good. Yeah, spoiler alert. I've really enjoyed everything I've seen so far, and I didn't want to rush my way to the ending. And so like, I kind of talked to the yeah. guys, and I'm like, hey, do you guys mind if we push this out? Because I really want to spend as much time with it as I can. Yeah, which I was completely okay with, because I would like to do the same thing. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to it, though, because I think that's going to be a good episode, because there's going to be a lot to dive into. And I'm going to get the nerd out about SCP stuff a little bit, yeah. so that'll be cool, too. I don't know, and I finally started reading some SCP yeah, we stuff actually, that Willie and Dalton sent me, so like yes. I'm finally getting a little bit more versed in the SPC, SCP-verse. Yeah. No, SPC is Shark Punching Center. Completely <laughs> different game. Can I go to the SPC? I, that sounds fun. It is, it's a, it is an SCP meme oh. in of itself. Oh, is it? Oh. People could, yeah, people get those letters flipped. There's a, there's a, something called the SPC, the Shark Punch Center. Look I just tried to say it too fast. That's <laughs> all that happened to me. <laughs> but that's what happens. But yeah, some control is like you know, it's a game. It's a universe. It's very similar to the SCP Foundation, which is a collaborative. Like we'll discuss it when we get to that game in two weeks. Yeah. But fucking. I, I'm stoked that you actually got to read some of the... I, I found some of the old first series ones, and then Dalton found some for the more recent series yeah. and sent them to you, and glad you enjoyed those. We'll discuss that more on the episode, I'm, but... Oh, uh, go ahead. No, oh. no, that was the end of that okay. thought. I actually just said, but um, and then I just ran out of thought. <laughs> right. um, I, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it, because... And I'll probably hash this out a little more so I can talk more in-depth about my ideas um, two weeks from now. But another tabletop that I've been bouncing around in my head is all of you guys um, playing on a team of SCP, uh, not D, not D class, but like a little bit above that, where you guys would be on like an extraction team and having to go and handle different SCPs. It's like an MTF, like a DTF, uh, the Mobile Task Force. Yeah, 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 the yeah, 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 task yeah, 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 absolutely. Um. So not researcher level, but not D class. The, the the more militarized. Yeah, medium. you guys go in and okay. you know uh, figure out what it is, try to capture it, all that jazz. Like I think that would be a cool idea for because each week could be a one off <laughs> or you know maybe a two parter type thing where oh maybe they didn't get it. What'll happen next week? Find out. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Considering the high lethality of SCP, I also think it wouldn't be a bad idea to use like a paranoia type thing and have us roll yeah, up and new that, characters each and week. And that's the thing <laughs> that I was thinking about too is how, like, what uh, TTRPG system to use for it. So I'll hash all that yeah. out. But that's just an idea that's been floating around my head. And now that Nate's like, oh yeah, these are actually pretty cool. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start putting thought into this now. Um. But yeah, so that's that's basically why 
we're doing this episode on Lost Grimoires 2, Shard of Mystery, which I think is a good way to segue into the O-Dubs. O-Dubs. That doesn't exist. But so let's, yeah, <laughs> I, the, here's the I problem. I did find femalevillains.fandom.com, <laughs> and they have a little page on the villain from this game, but it also gives a quick description of the game. So, Lost Grimoires 2, The Shard of Mystery is a game set in a fantasy kingdom that has been attacked by a powerful and vile witch named Drosera. After a long hard ba- or Drosera. Or Drosera. Uh, after a long hard battle against her and her army, the king overpowered the witch and banished her away to another dimension through a magical chasm mirror portal. Uh, or chasm? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that one would uh, be chasm. That one is... Upon the king's death, the protagonist sorcerer, sorceress Violet was entrusted the responsibility for the young son. And that's basically. Oh, so we would have known our character's name if we played the first game. So the medic is named Violet. Yes. I've always just the whole time we played the game, the characters either referred to as medic or auntie. Yeah, yeah. auntie, auntie saved my dad. He's having a nightmare. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're Violet is our name. Okay, cool. I'm only now learning this as we record. Uh, I I want to go ahead and say, I played this. I beat it. I think we all three beat yeah. it. I did not commit a lick of this game to memory. Like, it did not stand out to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, we got like you. The, it, uh, it, was, it was fun, though. Um, I do enjoy the, the whole hidden object style game. Like, I didn't think I would, but I do. <laughs> I guess maybe we should try to explain the premise of it a little bit then. Um, is basically, it takes place after whatever the events of the first game are. And... Um, in this game, you play as, I guess, the person from the first, which I guess is named Violet, but she's now the medic and a family friend of the royal family of this country. And uh, the witch that I guess must have been imprisoned in the first game is back, and she is causing problems. And so your whole goal is to, you know, prevent her from stopping the uh, the coronation of the new king, actually, I think. Yeah, she wants to... Uh rule the kingdom herself i believe yes and she's coming back from this dimension where she's been trapped inside of a mirror but one shard has been pried loose of the mirror and if it's ever brought back to the mirror it'll bring her back she gets brought back from the y'all because the prince fell in love with a witch (laughs) yeah it's 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 definitely uh if this was a book it'd have fabio on the front and it'd be in like a 5.99 bin i don't know there's not enough sense in it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, that makes it sound way sexier than it is. But the the, the amount of writing is it's very uh, it, it's a pretty kind of generic fantasy setting. Although I do like the fact that your main character is a, an alchemist, and therefore one of the main game mechanics is like gathering ingredients and mashing yeah. stuff up. And uh, as, as far as the story goes, I wrote this in my notes, and early on, in my opinion, never changed. Story pretty whack so far. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's yeah. very generic story, and I don't mind that, to be perfectly honest, because this is a hidden objects game. The story doesn't matter that much. <laughs> as long as it's got a cool I mean, name. The story, yeah, the story animates things from scene A to scene B, but like there is not a lot of concern in getting it out of basic fantasy archetypes and stereotypes and tropes and all that. In fact, that's kind of what makes the game work. Even the... Uh, puzzles are really built around just adventure game archetypal puzzles like this game isn't really here to be original it's here to be a way to spend time i find it kind of similar to a crossword puzzle or a sudoku (laughs) yeah i can see i can see that for sure now i would like to point out this game came out in 2017 okay the last one we played which was midnight mysteries 4 came out in 2012 Five so, years of innovation, got it. Five years of innovation, like the characters' mouths move a little more. Oh my god, can we talk <laughs> about the animations in this game? Like, yes, the characters' mouths yeah, move, let's. but it was clear that they just had like one or two drawings of these characters, and then they used like Photoshop to stretch the mouth to make it move. Yeah, it was so 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 bad, and it was hilarious. But I will say, this game did have voice acting and voice narration, whereas Midnight Mysteries didn't. <laughs> we can talk about the voice acting if you want to a little bit. It. So I feel like the uh, the lady who played the main character, um, who apparently is 
Violet, which I'm just now learning now. But um, just, I mentally referred to her as the medic the whole time I was playing because she was the medic to the king as he was dying. The king dies in episode one of the game after you build him a potion, by the way, which is not a great feedback for, you know, doing that whole puzzle. Like, you make him medicine and he just fucking dies. Cool. But... This is sounding like I'm going to get a lot more negative about this game than I am. Uh, I don't know. I thought that um, the voice actor that played the medic was a really nice storybook voice. She kind of had this really calming narrative tone that she used that was pretty nice. And then there was pretty much everyone else. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, Prince Fern was the one that stood out to me that I was adult, like, oh, man. Adult Prince Fern. Child Prince Fern was adult different, Fern. but... <laughs> yeah. Child Prince Fern, by the way, was played by the same person yeah. as played Rose, who I also yeah, thought they did both acting. acted. Everyone else, like the guards and Fern, did not. Like, there's a part at the end of the game, I don't care, spoilers if you want, where you're trying to drive a ship <laughs> and you're having to, like, turn the wheel really fast to avoid icebergs. And every time Fern comes on and goes, Be careful, the crystal thorn is approaching. Turn the wheel, Auntie, quick. <laughs> turn the wheel, Auntie, quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I heard the wheel, so Quick. It was so bad, but like, and it did it every time, and you had to do this turn like seven or eight times, and it was just like, shut up, Fern. And I, 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 you know, in my mind, I was comparing this to Midnight Mysteries 4, and in my opinion, dude, this game tried to do more than it needed to. Like, the, the ship steering section, while cool in theory, was odd to say the least. Um, Did you have an issue in that section? Because, like, what it basically made you do was, like, click left or right. But when it did that, did you have trouble getting your mouse to appear on the screen so you could click the left and right? Yeah. Absolutely. After you clicked it, it would, like, disappear for, like, two full seconds. And not only that, sometimes it'd be like, you need to turn left or right, but they didn't give you enough time. Like, you would just smack into the iceberg. Yeah, I couldn't find like, my mouse. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Oh, I, ne- I, I never hit an iceberg. I just stayed the same direction until uh, one was coming All it does, me. you know that meter you had to build up? You guys need to play more cheap flash games, because this one really had <laughs> cheap flash game vibes. That meter that builds up when you avoid them, if you hit one, it just goes down. Yeah. So it just made me have to play that section longer. <laughs> but, like, I also, I'm, I'm not bitching too much about it being a cheap flash game or whatever, because, like... A lot of what this game is trying... This game is a super casual game, and I don't mean that in a rude way. I don't mean to say it's bad for being casual. I'm saying that this game is just... It is clearly meant to be a way to spend time. It is not meant to be a difficult adventure game. Anytime you pick up an object in a room, you're not going to have to spend the entire world map looking for where it's used. It will be used in the adjacent room or the room you picked it up in every yeah. time like there's no crazy adventure game logic no. in this game not at all it, but i mean it, it can be kind of tricky in places where like you're like okay well i have this oil lamp what do i do with this oil lamp i don't know if y'all messed with that for as long as i did bro i did i did spend a little longer than i'd like uh figuring out how yeah. the oil lamp i got worked. to the point where i hit hint twice and it kept telling me to open like click the oil lamp and i'm like why what do i need to do and then finally like i clicked around on the oil lamp and it opened and i went Oh, <laughs> I feel like a fucking idiot. I never used a hint. <laughs> oh, no, I just tried to light. I tried to light it several times. I didn't use any hints either. I just I could not figure out how to light it for a while because I don't know what an oil lamp is apparently. Yeah. So uh, skipping ahead, just because it was literally the the worst part about this game to me, the final fight. <laughs> the was paper rock scissors. If the other person showed you their yeah. hand first. Yeah. yeah. Um. It was, it was something. Basically, like you're holding a bow, um, Fern holds a shield, and Rose has like a magical shield that she can put up, and that's it. And then you have to like choose the right one as opposed to like what the enemy is doing. And dude, I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. There was this handy dandy skip button on the right side, and after like two or three of going through this, I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna sit here for five minutes and do this. And I hit <laughs> skip, and that was the end of the game. And I went, oh. That's oh, funny. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the final boss fight of the game. And like like you said earlier, Dalton, that the game tried to do things that it didn't need to try to do. Like having a final boss fight was one of them. The boat yeah. scene was another. But like, okay, we focused a lot on the negatives. This game isn't terrible. Like Willie keeps saying, like, it's not a oh, bad no, not game. It's, we're just for some reason decided to talk about all the bad things. It did everything else fairly well. Like there were little puzzles here and there. And 
my biggest complaint oh here comes another complaint was i wish there was actually more hidden object sections in the game yeah yeah and that's my thing is because the hidden object parts were really good they were fun i enjoyed them and when i'm playing a hidden object game like that's what i want is more hidden object stuff (laughs) yeah there were like a few hidden object screens but i would say the hidden object screens were like six screens out of compared to normal navigation screens of the game there were 27 of them because that's how many roses there were in the game so like it's a hidden object game that less than 20 percent of it is hidden object games but it has a ton of different mini games here's the problem is those mini games are really basic other games like when you're doing the alchemy for instance you put together you know all the items and it has you do like a connect dots if you've ever played the mobile game best fiends it is almost exactly the same thing as best yeah fiends. it made me think of bejeweled and then yeah, I mean, it, it was a little. It wasn't like sloppy, like Bejeweled, but it was like you know, draw a line match yeah. thing. So yeah, I could see that. And then like when you get when you've uh, when you're working on the amulet, once you've got all four am- uh, four of the elements to the amulet, it has you do like a kind of paramental or para elemental puzzle, and it's basically the exact same thing as the mobile game. Do you know what it reminded me of? Do y'all remember? I don't remember what this thing was called, but there was an internet like game where you could like drag like water into water which would make like river and then you could drag that was, that was a game. Game. okay okay yep. yeah that was a flash game and also this yeah. it's actually kind of nice um but then like when you got to um the the base in the garden that was basically a really simple so did y'all puzzle. mess up on those puzzles what's the sokobod puzzles because they were the easiest no, they were really yeah, simple circle yeah, no. puzzles. I I got through each one, and I was expecting the next one to be yeah. harder. It never was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and then there was a there was a thing where there were three animal heads, which well, there were animal heads and animal torsos, and then there was an owl, and you had to like move over, and it was just the classic puzzle towers of Hanoi. It was literally just towers of Hanoi, but. But nothing. There's yeah. no but. It it was just Towers of Hanoi, a puzzle that was cliched adventure games to such a point that I was reading an article from 1995 where a guy was complaining that the Towers of Hanoi puzzle had been used too much <laughs> in adventure games. That was the puzzle that took me the longest, and it was just because I had to maneuver the pieces around so much back and forth to get them to where yeah. they needed to go. Exactly, it's fucking busy work once you figure out how it works. That's how Towers of Hanoi has always been. But I will... Uh, The the only puzzle that did actually kind of fuck with me for a minute was um, the the bell puzzle after that, because I'm not good at lights out, and it was like trinary lights out instead of binary lights out. Where you were rotating all the things, trying to get all the... Uh, the colors no, on the one side. Is that the one you're talking about? We're talking about the one where you had to ring the third. No, we're talking about the, the bells. Like there was a barrel with a wolf head, a bear, a bell with a bear head, blah blah blah. And there were five bells, and you had to get all of them to be ringing the loudest. So you had to get like the red circles there instead of like the orange circles. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, but now I I don't understand. Okay, so I must I don't know what I did in that part then because like I got all the bells there and I picked up the little hammer and I hit two of the bells and it went hey good job and I won and I was like all right, all right. so I don't know if I just picked the you right did. ones on accident. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Yeah, you just looked into it. It took me like a while. I don't want to like it took me longer than I feel like it should have. (laughs) Same, same. Okay. I've never been good at lights out, and especially when it was like uh, it wasn't just binary. It wasn't just on and off. It was on quiet, loud, and you had to kind of get everything over. Like, ow! It was it was a tough puzzle. That was like maybe the most interesting puzzle in the game, but that doesn't mean I enjoyed it. (laughs) Like, I enjoyed I enjoyed the simpler puzzle. I enjoyed the spot the difference puzzle. That was funny. Yeah, that one actually kind of made me chuckle. I I do want to say that the uh, the one where you had to rotate all the colors. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that I needed to get all the colors into each section. So I was trying Uh, to line up the right color with like uh, pointing inward to the middle color, and then when I did it, I'm like. Why is it not giving me credit? Yeah, that's, that actually did the same thing, honestly. Then I realized what it was asking for, and then it was just like that kind of made me mad because then it was just a matter of spin this wheel a bunch of times because there's no way you could yeah. get it wrong once you realize what it wanted you to do. It just took a while because you just had to keep spinning the freaking wheel. Yeah, swapping things between the mid center wheel and the outside wheels, and then swapping that in. And yeah, I feel like while some of the puzzles were very like they were hit and miss because some like we were talking about some of them were great and some of them were you know just all right this game flowed really well mm-hmm. like 
Yeah, I feel like it, despite the fact that we're criticizing it as kind of a sort of genetic fantasy universe, I think it like it. it I said genetic. I meant generic. Yes, but it it did. There was a pretty consistent feel to the vibe, and I think that it like did a good job of putting you in this storybook universe. And uh, oh, it, it it kind of like I wasn't invested in this <laughs> plot whatsoever, but I was interested in just kind of hanging out here chillaxing and making stuff happen like i wanted to get the mm-hmm. next alchemy ingredient that yeah. really did motivate me i really yeah. enjoyed the alchemy I, I did as well i i did enjoy the alchemy which me which honestly made me want to check out the atelier series which is an it's like a jrpg mm. series that's all about alchemy nice <laughs> so i was like oh you know maybe maybe i will enjoy that i'll give it a shot but um a- yeah i i definitely liked the alchemy yeah. part for sure Okay, I know we keep comparing to Bizarre Mysteries too, and Willie, I know you didn't for I mean, and I know you didn't get to play it, but one thing, Dalton, see if you agree with me. One thing I thought they actually did better, at least different, but I think it was a little bit better, was the actual hidden object sections. Because like in Midnight Mysteries 4, there were only the ones where you had the words that you had to click on. But in this one, it also gave you some work where it gave you like the outline of a shape. So like there was one section where you were in a room full of a bunch of birds, and it gave you like three yeah. different bird shapes, yeah. and you had to f- match the shapes to the birds. And it was kind of difficult yeah. to find them all, and I really enjoyed that. And then there were like the emblems on the suit of armor, I think it was, that you had to find as well. I really liked those two puzzles, like puzzles, hidden object games a lot, because it was a different feel than just like find this word, find the object that correlates to the word. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, absolutely. I also feel like that this game, like on top of that, and that could just be because it's newer, so they've gotten you know more ideas as it's gone along, but I also think that this game also, like in the in the actual hidden object sections... Um, were colored better mm-hmm. like everything wasn't quite as muted so it was like a lot easier to find some of the I did still have trouble there were still a couple things that I really had to look for but it wasn't nearly like in Midnight Mysteries where I'm looking for a brown stick that's leaned up against a brown table and because they're both the same color yeah. like, and another thing it kind of hit me this way too like words that I wasn't sure exactly what it was looking for because it asked for floats in one section and and it fishing meant fishing bobbers. bobbers. And it said waders. And I was like, what's a waiter? <laughs> it was a pair of boots. Like of wading boots. Yeah. Like it made Galoshes. sense when I found it, but I didn't know what that meant. And I think I kind of figured yeah. out why that might have been a little bit of an issue. I think there were, and I noticed some typos and translation issues while I was playing the game as well. Um, I think the studio, uh, yeah. correct me, like I looked them up. I think this game was developed in um, Poland. Okay, that was exactly what I got from the end credits, too, is I was almost certain that those yeah, were the I, I were I looked up the developer, not the uh, publisher, but the developer, from what I could tell, like, it didn't specifically say it, but I looked up the S-P-A-Z-O-O or whatever that meant, and it says it's something Polish, so I'm pretty sure this game is Polish originally. The, 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 the names of the credits felt very Polish to me as well, and I also agreed that, like, while the translation had some problems, it had some hiccups or some you know, some minor subject verb disagreements. Most of the time yeah. you could tell what it meant, but occasionally, like you said, in some of the hidden object puzzles, there were things like float, like floats. Once you had one of them, it was pretty obvious, yeah. but like some of them were confusing. So, okay. On, on steam, uh, mumbo jumbo is the developer and the publisher, right? Mumbo jumbo is what it says. Um, I just Googled, uh, mumbo jumbo developer location. And it says Dallas, Texas. No, this game was developed. Um, hold on. I- yeah, there yeah, was a second. Oh my the god! The developer Hold and the publisher were not the same. I'm so sorry. I'm credits. looking at Midnight Mysteries. Yeah, because this was developer was World Loom, and the publisher was Artifacts Mundi, and World Loom was oh, the yeah. one that I looked up that I'm fairly certain is Polish. Okay, yeah, I, I had looked up uh, Midnight Mysteries four earlier to see when what year it came out, so that was just the page. I okay, okay. <laughs> I was all sitting. I'm like Dallas, Texas. There ain't no way that's right. No. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. And I mean, so this game not on sale is nine ninety nine. Yeah, which, which uh, it's steep. That's kind of one of the that's the beef I have with it because like if this game was one ninety nine, it would be a pretty good deal. And if this game was like in a flash portal, like you were just kind of chilling one day, had nothing better to do, got on congregate dot com <laughs> back when Flash still existed, and you ran into this game, you'd be like, "Damn, this was a great last couple hours I spent." Ten dollars is a little yeah, rough because like for context, 
I spent, um, I think it was 3.4 hours on this game, according to Steam. I'm looking right now. 3.3 hours on this game, according to Steam. Which, $10... I, I don't like to do the correlation between dollars and time spent in a game. But at the same thing, same token, like, this game wasn't anything revolutionary. And I only got 3.3 hours out of it. And I spent $10 on it. So, that felt a little bit rough. Well, I didn't spend yeah. that much. I got a Steam key from a mystery box. <laughs> but you get what I mean. Oh yeah, if I were to have paid ten dollars and then beat this game, you know, two and a half, three hours, I would have been bummed. You know, but but this is one. But I also feel like this game is also targeting a different market yeah. for me. I don't know what that market is, but apparently this market exists because there's a. Ton they're not of bad. Games. They're fun. Like, but like, it... no, I I did it. I've, I ultimately had a pretty good time. Like, no matter how much negative stuff I'm saying, like, just some of the voice acting was bad. I think they used a lot of cliche puzzles. It's supposed to be a little cliche because it's. This game is not made to be like your. It's not Elden Ring. It's not your obsession for the next right. five months. This game is here to just be like a way to it's whittle popcorn, away some yeah. time. Like I, when I said it was like crossword puzzle or a Sudoku earlier, I was kind of joking, but I actually think that's pretty much what they're going for. It uh, it's got a mostly positive rating. I think it deserves it. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I'd probably. Like if this game interests you from what we're saying, like I would wish list it. Yeah. Catch it on a catch it on a yeah. sale. Wait for yeah. it to drop. I'm not going to pay full price for Fire Pro Wrestling. You don't pay full price for this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say that I thought it was an interesting choice of them that when you beat the game, instead of taking you back to the main menu, they take you to the hey, here's all our other games that you can buy and play. <laughs> yeah, that was wacky. So I was like scrolling through them, and of course I'm like, are these just like playable so i clicked one and it was like took me to the page and it was like 9.99 nope never mind. <laughs> also when it rolled credits you had to click out because it just re-rolled credits over and over if you didn't click yeah. out of it i think i watched the credits twice on accident because of that <laughs> <laughs> um i'll give them credit though um just real quick uh about the animations i'll give them credit for trying like to to do something or like instead like you know in midnight mysteries again we're comparing it to, but that's our only comparison that we have like when houdini or any of the characters would show up they kind of just floated there yeah. and talked to you, you know but like this did a thing where like the character would put their hands up or like they might reach for something and they animated it and like kudos on them for trying that again we talked about the mouth didn't exactly look quite right but i do give them you know um some some leeway for a being an indie studio but b just trying to do something like i'll never fault anybody for trying yeah now if they try it and it doesn't work that great but then they stick with it that's on them (laughs) (laughs) you know that's that's on them but again this is not a game that's going to turn me away from hidden object games this just makes me want to see like what better ones are i still want to play more yeah Yeah. i've I've been a lot meaner to star wars games (laughs) than i'm about to be to hidden object games you know yeah um, and we did have to, uh, I did have to, our Nate looked up what our ratings were for Midnight Mysteries 4, so I could kind of base it on that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, are you guys ready to give ratings or anything else you'd like to touch on about it? I, I think I've covered all the points that I had for it. Okay. Um, then, oh, let's see. If I was going to give it a crystal shard out of mirrors, I gave Midnight Mystery 4 a 7.5. I'm going to give this a 6.5. Like, it's not terrible. Uh, but there's there's room for improvement. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that completely. Because yeah. like this, I think this and Midnight Mysteries Four are both the same price on Steam, and you get more time and a little bit more fun of a story and gameplay out of Four Midnight Mysteries Four. I mean, so I kind of agree with you there. Um, I, like you said, we gave Midnight Mysteries Four a seven and a half. Both of us did. I'm gonna be a little bit nicer to you. I give this one just a straight seven. I think this was pretty good. Not as good as Midnight Mystery Four, but I enjoyed my time with it. So happy. Yeah, for sure. And again, I just wish there were more hidden object yeah. sections. Yeah. In your hidden object yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of went into this having not played Midnight Mysteries. It was going to be the game we did. Well, you guys did it as a... It was originally brought up for a short game, but then you all did it as a substitute because yeah. I was sick mm-hmm. that weekend. Or maybe that was my birthday one. It was one of them. Anyway, uh, so this is my baseline for the games. And I... I didn't hate the time I spent there, I found it satisfying, ultimately. I didn't think that this was a innovative game in any way, but it aimed 
at it, it, it aimed at a shot and I don't think it missed it by very much. I think I'm going to just give it a flat seven and let that be my baseline for any future Word. games in the genre. That's fair. I think that's fair. All right. Well then, gentlemen, I believe then we will roll into uh, some house cleaning. Uh, oh, let's see. If you would like to come join our Discord, which I do hope that all of you would do, is bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. It'd yeah, be cool like some Jake. In. Yeah. Come join. Fucking tell us some dad jokes. Talk us. Talk some video games. Uh, vote on the fan polls for the show episodes that the fans vote on and they pick that way like you know if you ever you're like man how could anybody pick game a like why would they pick we'll come in and vote for game b yo you know what i'm saying like just do it um if you would like to be like sick jake and all of our other wonderful patrons and join the patreon it is patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast and i would like to give an extra special shout out to the cogs in the machine we have nate sir cogsworth the 7th of juniper we have jeff the original expendable old jeffy lube himself and a Sir adam shout out to his podcast revival and extinction thank y'all so much for making this possible yeah for sure and you want a shirt tsmp productions.threatless.com uh i'm expanding the tsmp production empire with a new show uh oh. that should be coming out wednesday so I, oh, it might be out right now. <laughs> now, that, now that I'm looking at the clock and it's Wednesday. Um, so yeah, it's called uh, Yet Another BS Podcast uh, with me and my buddy Jeremy. And it's not it's not gaming related. It's basically just like we're going to get uh, topics and things people that listen would like to hear us talk about. And then we're just going to bullshit for about an hour. So if you're interested in that uh, comedy, you want to laugh, all that kind of shit, that'll be there. Yet Another Bullshit Pod um, or Yet Another BS Pod. I have to remember, I can't title it that. I can call it bullshit, but I can't title it that because then you'll get censored and they won't put you on iTunes, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, um, Bandcamp, you like the show music, nilethenightmare.bandcamp.com. And if you would, on Spotify um, or iTunes. On iTunes, if you'll leave us a five-star review on Spotify, if you'll just give us, I think you can't leave a review, but you can leave a rating. So if you just give us a good rating, I would really appreciate that. I think that's about all my stuff, so I'm going to pass it on over to old Turtle Bear Man. Hey, that's me. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok at Turtle Bear Man. Um, recently on Fridays, I've been doing some more modern games because I just need something different. So I've been playing SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated lately. Uh, last two Fridays I've played it. I'm going to dive into it again this Friday. I'm not sure if this is going to be the last one or not. I don't know how much more games left. I will say that watching you play it got me to buy it. So I do recommend that people go check out your Twitch because you might see something you enjoy. Oh, yeah. And then Sundays, I'm sticking to the retro stuff. Uh, for the first time ever, I beat the original Mega Man for the NES. So Woo! <laughs> so good time. Nice. Great. So I've got dude. some more games coming up. I think I'm going to do Mega Man 4 this Sunday. And then some cool games that I've seen that I've picked up recently I might get into soon would be like Werewolf. Um Werewolf the Last Warrior and Gargoyles Quest 2 are a couple I've picked up fairly recently that I'm looking forward to playing. So, and I might get back into doing some speedruns soon. We'll see what happens. I have never... I didn't know you didn't own Gargoyles Quest 2. I thought I've seen no, you play that game an expensive before. game. <laughs> oh, is it shit? I have well, never heard of Werewolf the Last Warrior. What is that? It's one that I found fairly recently because like, I have my EverDrive, and it's like kind of like a platform beat-em-up kind of game for the nes that i haven't spent any time with really i've played like the first stage of it and i'm kind of interested in seeing how this game plays out so i'm interested in it it's pretty neat i i mean with a name like that i figured it'd be a hidden object (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) but no that does sound cool i like the name of that a lot and i don't know if we brought that up this episode uh but we we have had this conversation amongst us in our chat that hidden object games have the coolest fucking names yeah they do <laughs> but to be a hidden object game it's like you know you think it's going to be this massive sprawling fantasy rpg or like adventure game and not just a hidden object game but it's got a cool ass title uh, yeah <laughs> but cool man uh willie or did you finish doing your plugs yeah, i'm sorry I'm i kind of interrupted you <laughs> okay i just want to make sure willie is there anything you'd like to plug or tell anybody to go fuck themselves you know like anything <laughs> Um, 
I would like to give props to William Regal for headbutting the shit out of John Moxley really hard to the point where Moxley's own blood was visible on, on his face, face that is. this Sunday at yeah. Yes, on Regal's own face uh, this Sunday. It is so cool to see Regal, who is a guy that I knew hit hard as hell in the 90s, and he's still fucking stiffing people in the ring this hell day. Yeah. And I, I was happy to see him get signed with AEW when he got released from WWE. I had no idea he was going over there, and I was kind of bummed that he got let out as after such being a, such a huge pillar of NXT. But, like, I'm, I'm so stoked that he showed up there, and, you know, I don't know, just old school love and for him man absolutely i want to throw out there to anybody as a recommendation based on what you just said if you're one of those people who's like oh wrestling's fake that shit's bullshit i want you to go watch a match between william regal and finley oh god oh shit finley would have been the exact guy those dude dude they beat the they fuck lo- out of they just <laughs> they reveled in it they wasn't one of them Irish and one of them british so doesn't it make a lot of sense yeah yeah, yeah. Yo. They, they literally would just beat the fuck out of each other, and it was it was wild to watch. You know, it's it's like one of those things where Hell people yeah. are like, "Oh, that but, that kind of looked real." It's like, "Oh no, he literally just punched that guy in the face, and now he's punching him in the face, and they're just they're just beating the shit out of each other." And the best part is, you can tell they love it. They just yeah. they, they enjoy it so well, much. It just wasn't that so Finley's good. thing. My name's Fit Finley, and I love to fight. <laughs> I think that was his thing. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, all right. Well, gentlemen, another successful episode next week. Episode 100. That's fucking wild yeah. to me, dude. Congrats, man. I know we haven't been there the whole time, but you have, and that's a lot of episodes, my dude. It is a lot. Happy to join you in the solid hundo. Yeah, man. It'll be a good episode next week. Uh, I think Jeff's going to join us, but like that hasn't been cemented yet, so we'll find out. We might have Jeff. We might not. I don't know. I'll have to talk to him. But next week, Serious Sam, The Second Encounter, which, by the way, listeners... I learned has a 16 player co-op campaign so if any of you listeners want to fuck some shit up let me know (laughs) Uh, but yeah for the Destructo Bros Willie and Nate I'm Dalton and as always guys take it easy